everyone. Welcome to the M&T Bank Center for Women in Business podcast. I'm Rachel, the student engagement intern, and today's guest is the School of Business Dean, Holly Rader. This is an extra special episode because we're recording in the Quinnipiac podcast studio for the first time. A year ago, I spoke with Dean Rader when she first started here at Quinnipiac, where we discussed her unique pathway to becoming Dean and how educating changed during the pandemic. Today, we'll be following up with how her first year went here at Quinnipiac and what she looks forward to in the upcoming school year and beyond. Welcome back to the podcast, Dean Rader. Thank you, Rachel. It's wonderful to be back and, as you say, to be in the Quinnipiac University podcast studio here in the School of Communication. So to start us off, could you tell us all about how your first year went, what were some obstacles that you faced, and what were the most memorable parts? It has been a fantastic first year, and in a way hard to believe that we're into the second year. I found the community to be absolutely welcoming from students, faculty, staff, my colleagues around uh, the university. Um, It proved to be very much the community that I thought it was when I had interviewed. And I've been inspired by the way students and faculty have been adapting to the changes in higher education since the pandemic. You know, you asked about obstacles, and, and I would say the biggest obstacle was just as we were beginning to bring communities back together on campus, the Delta variant surged about a year ago. And so plans uh, to, for example, have small group lunches with faculty or to have our faculty meetings in person were stymied by the Delta variant. That meant that we had to we had to adapt and, and be creative about how we use spontaneous breakouts in our faculty meetings, for example, to help people reconnect after what were some dark years. So what were some of your most memorable parts? I think most memorable was all of the one-on-ones that I had in my first few months. I, I tried to meet with every faculty and staff member and as many students as I could and getting to hear everybody's individual stories, what inspired them, what, what encourages them to move on, students and how they were finding jobs and having experiences in the classroom, working with faculty, working um, with each other alumni in phenomenally interesting roles in New York City and Boston, but they were remote. And, and so even, even uh, the plans to, to go visit them at their place of work didn't always come through because of the pandemic. And this year, everybody is much more back in the office. And that chance to connect and bring our community together is, is one of the things I'm looking forward to. I'm also excited about the plans for building a new school of business building. And we began in the earlier part of this calendar year and the planning uh, continues. In the fall, we'll be marked with uh, an opportunity for students to get involved in the project and to help us understand what do they envision as they go into their new home in the school of business in a few years. I'm very excited for the new School of Business. Although I won't be here at Quinnipiac, I still look forward to coming back and visiting to see the new School of Business. We're going to hold you to that. (laughs) I will definitely be back to see that. Um, How do you balance your life and work since being a dean isn't quite the typical nine to five? You have things like um, admissions events outside of your office. Um, So how do you balance that? You know, I I was thinking about 
does anyone balance? Or these days, work, you know, as people move to working remotely and working from their homes, I think that the lines between work and home or work and family became very blurry. Overall, higher education has been wonderful to me and my family, and, and it's been a, a career where you, you do have a fair bit of flexibility, especially if you consider I started working more than 20 years ago. Most, most full-time jobs meant being in an office and not having the same kind of flexibility you have as a, as a member of a faculty. As dean, you're right, it, it, like many others, it is not a nine-to-five job, and very few days are like the days that preceded them. The way that I think about it is not so much that there's a balance, but that there's a way that those two parts of your worlds come together in ways that are meaningful and, and valuable. It helps to have a significant other, in my case, Jerry, who is not just supportive, but I'd say he's a champion, and he uh, is a great ambassador for Quinnipiac University wherever we go. You do also, it, it helps in whatever role you're in to try to find that time for yourself or that time for your friends or your loved ones that, that isn't part of the, the job and the responsibilities. Um, and when you love what you do and and you care, you find the time, you find the way. Thank you. Um, so when you moved to Connecticut from Chicago um, back two years ago or just a year ago? It was July 1st, 2021 is when I started. Yes. So when you moved here from Chicago, that was a big change in your life. So do you have any advice on how students or graduates can better navigate through big life changes just like that how did you manage to do that and also take on a new role at an institution I think the first thing is in my particular circumstance moving to Connecticut was in a way like coming home because I grew up in a part of New York State that's just directly west of us and so the region was very familiar to me it also seemed very much like coming home based on what I understood were the values and the community at Quinnipiac. But you're right, it is. it was a move halfway across the country. I think what helped was having a plan, but planning to adapt if need be. So when things didn't necessarily go according to plan, to be flexible and agile about that. I also took a lot of time to, uh, to listen and, and to try to understand um, what was needed and not just jump into whether it was changes. Um, it, it was to be very intentional to try to learn and understand and be very humble that I was coming to a community who was being extraordinarily welcoming, who was excited about building the future together, and their ideas more important than mine in creating that future. I know for myself, I'm graduating in less than a year now, so navigating through a lot of these changes have been a little bit um, of a struggle, but glad to hear that it is, um, it can be done, and it can be done very well. Um, you know, Rachel, the other part of making those kinds of big changes is also making sure that you're staying in touch with whatever you're transitioning from. So in my case, it was a move from... Chicago, the Chicago area and a move from the Kellogg School of Management. But I've maintained 
friendships and connections in both of those parts of my prior life. And I think that that keeps you grounded as well, that you're not leaving that behind so much as you're taking that part with you. I would definitely stay in contact with everyone at Quinnipiac, especially the faculty that have helped me so much the past four years. It's going to be five years soon. What is one of the most important pieces of advice that you think everyone should know? Everyone, that's a broad category. (laughs) I would say be kind to yourself. That, you know, I see this especially in our students, that they put very high expectations for themselves, that their families have high expectations for them, their friends have high expectations for them. And, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes the only person who's going to make sure that there's time for you or time for that kindness to say, you know what, you you tried your best, um, you've worked hard, uh, to remember to be kind to yourself. That's one of my goals for this year, actually. When we had our mindfulness session, um, we had to write down a goal for ourselves for the year, and I wrote to be kinder to myself. So um, it's nice to hear that from someone else and get the reassurance. But also, I remember a year ago when we recorded and I asked you for a piece of advice, you said to write handwritten notes. Uh So I've implemented that at my internship this past summer. Um, Before I left on my last day in the office, I wrote everyone that I worked with a handwritten card and I left it on their desk. So I came, so they came back to that as like a big thank you, but also to show it in more ways than just saying it to them. Um, It definitely leaves a lasting impression on them that they can put that on their desk and that they know that someone took time out of their day to write them a handwritten note at the end. Um, And I truly did enjoy working with them. So everything that was written in there was genuine, but I think that they felt it more than me just saying thank you to them so thank you for giving me that piece of advice I will carry on for a very long time I love hearing that and when we have time to talk long uh, at at length I'll tell you a story about one of my children and him writing a note at the end of his summer internship this past summer if we could for a moment go back to the intention that you wrote about being kind to yourself during the, the meditation session and I think about MBA orientation and seeing you in the room and the remarks I had about being an MBA student and now being among the leaders in the, in the school. And, and I, I hope that you, you realize that our listeners can learn from you. It's not just learning from the people that you interview. And, and so in that spirit, I wonder if you would share some examples of how you're living that intention to be kind to yourself. Yeah, so um, I think it's taking time to do things that you like. Um, So for myself, um, it can simply just be sitting on the couch and watching TV at the end of the day because sometimes you have emails you need to reply to and you have assignments due, but taking the time to tell yourself that you can do this because you like it um, is also being kinder to yourself. It's not pushing yourself until 10 p.m. and then going straight to bed. It's relaxing when you get home and eating dinner without looking at your laptop or your phone. Um, So that's one of the ways I'm trying to implement being nicer and kinder to myself. Um, But we're taking small steps into putting the phone down and not looking at emails or not looking at Blackboard. So um, do you have any other ways of that you like to implement into your own life? Yeah, I 
love doing the New York Times crossword puzzle, and I'm trying to get further past Tuesday to be able to complete it on my own without looking up any answers. It doesn't take a lot of time, uh, but it's a great deal of pleasure for me. Similar to that, I like to do Wordle every day. I love Wordle. Yeah, so taking just five minutes, maybe not even, to do Wordle and focus on that is something that I have implemented since last year when it first came out. Um, And it kind of became a habit of just doing it in the morning before. And uh, do you have a go-to starter word? I do. Um, It's dairy. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. So I was using Steam for a while, and then have you... Have you seen the bot that they have? There's a, an AI bot that's connected to Wordle now, and it advises words like crane as the starter word. Um, but there's a lot of, I think, there's a luck element, and these are all great starter words, but depending upon what the ultimate solution is, luck plays a, plays a big role in the success of that first word. Yes, I used crane before, too, and then I switched to dairy because there's a Y, and I figured if there's a Y in it, that you might never get back to the why if you don't start off with it. But thank you so much, Dean Raider, for following up with your first year, how that went, and also giving us even more advice. Um, We hope to definitely speak with you again in another episode, maybe at the end of the year, to recap your second year with us and how that has uh, impacted you and also the Quinnipiac community. I'm looking forward to also seeing all the positive things that you're going to implement, um, not only for the students, but the faculty as you've done so much your first year. Um, I'm sure your second year will be even more impactful. Um, Thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on QU underscore Woman Business to stay updated with all of our events. And also, if you have any questions, make sure to let us know. Thank you, Rachel. It's a pleasure to be here, and my hat's off to you and the team at the M&T Bank Center for Women in Business. The programming and community engagement is unparalleled, and with appreciation.